Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Happy New Year, Katie. Hey, Happy New Year. You know, it's the, uh, when we came into the office today, it was the first time Katie and I had seen one another in the flesh in quite a while. Weeks. Weeks, in <laughs> fact. Um, though, we, though we've been working, we just haven't physically been in the presence of one another. Indeed. And what better reason to be together than the Pop Shop Podcast. Yes. Because, as always, <laughs> the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today, on our first show of the new year, we'll be discussing how next week's Oscar nominations could boast nods for two superstar divas and Billboard chart toppers, Beyonce and Jennifer Lopez. Yes, Queen. <laughs> also, news about what pop stars are gracing the just revealed lineups of the upcoming Coachella, Bonnaroo, and Bottle Rock music festivals, and some delicious chart news about Justin Bieber. <laughs> she didn't take my bait. Okay. Um, but first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Um, okay, so first up, let's do some chart cha-chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a weird week on the charts as it's actually the first full week of tracking after the Christmas holiday. So basically, um, anything that is holiday related hightails it off the chart. Uh, they've just jingled their way completely off the <laughs> charts for the most part. Um, most notably, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You goes from number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart to off the chart completely. Uh, In fact, all of the Christmas songs that were on the Hot 100 a week ago run off the chart. Um, But I'm sure we'll see all of them return, Mariah included, this coming November. And you know the way Christmas works, it could be October. Indeed. Who knows? I mean, we could start selling. Target has their way. Target? Why? (laughs) That's where you hear the Christmas songs first in my... Oh, really? In my experience. It's July. It's like, Mariah's back in July. <laughs> sir, it's July. <laughs> it's like, sir, I'm sorry. Um, all right, so we'll stay in with the Hot 100. Post Malone circles, uh, circles back to number one for a third non-consecutive week, while Maroon 5's Memories vaults from number nine to number two. And, fun fact, Maroon 5 is now just the second group to have achieved Top two ranking songs in three separate decades. I'm putting lots of air quotes with hmm. my. What that means is they've hit the top two uh, in three separate decades. So they've hit number one or number two with a song in three separate decades. And because our charts now are dated 2020, we're in a new decade. Uh, the only other group to have done this is the Rolling Stones in the 1960s, 1970s, and 1980s. Because uh, they've got those moves like Jagger. Hey. As Gary. Punningly put into hey. his uh, headline. Um, I, I was I was kind of uh, flabbergasted at this particular statistic. I mean, solo acts have done this. Yes. But it's apparently a lot harder for groups to have this kind of sustained su- success. Well, as we just reported with Mariah, she had four decades of number ones. Yeah, tricky. Because of getting that All I Want for Christmas is You, number one on the chart dated in 2020. Yeah, January 4th. Mm-hmm. 2020, yeah. I believe, yeah. is. But, you know, whatever. Hey, it's a statistic. We're going to stick to it. Congrats him. to Maroon 5. Yeah. Um, also, in the top 10 on the Hot 100, Tones and Eyes breakthrough single, Dance Monkey, uh, hits a new high, rising 14 to 7, uh, surpassing its previous peak. 
of number nine. That uh, song is unstoppable. Yeah, the album uh, from which that song is from um, also hits the top 40 for the first time on wow. the Billboard 200. Uh, speaking of the Billboard 200, uh, after a week in which we had four Christmas albums in the top 10, the tally waves goodbye to Christmas and hello to a new number one as the Travis Scott-led Jack Boys project bows at number one with 154,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending January 2nd, according to Nielsen Music. Uh, next week, in terms of a big chart news, we are expecting a big Hot 100 debut from Justin Bieber's new single, Yummy, uh, which was released on Friday, uh, January 3rd. Uh, now, the song is already off to a fast start and opens at number 22 on the Pop Songs Airplay chart after only three days of activity. The Pop Songs Airplay chart uh, measures the most played songs on mainstream top 40 radio, and the tracking week for uh, that particular chart runs from Monday, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Monday through Sunday. As opposed to Friday to Thursday. Right, which is uh, what the uh, Hot 100 Hot 100 and, and album charts. charts. Yeah. Um, will Bieber be looking at his sixth Number one on the Hot 100 next That's week. Really wild because I remember when he got his first with "What Do You Mean" and how big of a deal. How it was, it was a huge deal, and yeah. now it's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, stay tuned, and of course, uh, we'll we'll keep 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 uh, keep keep your websites locked. <laughs> keep your phone checking Billboard.com. Um, what do we think of the song, Katie? You know, I have to say, I don't like the word "yummy." Yeah, no, it gets <laughs> it's weird after a while. You're just like you feel like it's it to me when I heard it. I was like, just, I want him to say other words than yummy. I think it's Listen also, to his, his follow-up single, Moist. Moist. <laughs> yeah, you knew it. No, you knew like, it. We didn't, and we didn't script that. We, we didn't did not script I'm like, it's just that. a weird word. Yeah, it's a gross word. Um, so that I was coming in with that bias. Yeah, coming in hot with the yummy. But I, I see why it's a radio hit already, because it's very catchy. It's very and, catchy. And that yummy, that yummy chorus just like, like rattles through your brain. And so while... I don't love the word, and I there's a lot of Bieber songs I like more than this. I see why it's already vibing. I get it. Yeah, I get it too. Um, all right, well. Should we talk festivals now? Yes. Justin Bieber is not on any of these festival lineups, but. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> so festival season is officially upon us. The year's major lineup reveals kicked off last Thursday with the Coachella lineup. That was January 2nd. They, like, came in. Right away, yeah, with that that lineup, and after three years of at least one pop headliner at Coachella, starting with Lady Gaga, of course, who filled in for Beyonce, who was supposed to have headlined that year, but then got pregnant with her twins, and, and then, then Beyonce, Beyonce came the next year, and then Ariana Grande last year, who of course were joined by NSYNC. It was all very pop. Um, this year is a rock, rap, and R and B affair with Rage Against the Machine, Travis Scott, and Frank Ocean up top. Hmm. But there are quite a few pop stars tucked into the lineup. So let's take a look at some of those popier names. You know, I included some people who, you know, like Calvin Harris, for instance, obviously a dance artist, but has had a ton of pop success, top 40 success. Louis Capaldi, friend, friend of the podcast, friend of the podcast. Um, which should be an interesting vibe in the desert. His like, you know, ballads. Sure. Uh, Charlie XCX is in there. Uh, Lil Nas X, of course, genreless Lil Nas X, but he, uh, you know, had the longest running Hot 100 number one of all time uh, with Old Town Road. And then we have Kim Petras, Carly Rae Jepsen, Twitter's favorite pop star, uh, Lauren Daigle. 
uh, crossing genres, Lauren Daigle. Yeah, I mean, I actually am curious about the history of, you know, Christian, primarily Christian artists right. on and along the lineup. And then another friend of the podcast, Alec Benjamin. So, who, yeah, there's Poppy, that, but Rocky, but, you know. You yeah. know, it's in the singer-songwriter vibe. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously, if you're a pop fan, there's enough for you. But at the same time, I think maybe they're probably, Coachella's probably thinking, well, if you're a pop fan, you probably appreciate, you know, Travis Scott's biggest pop hits. You know, and maybe True. Frank Ocean's pop leaning stuff. And I mean, maybe you just want to see Rage Against the Machine together again. I mean, yeah. I thought it was interesting that, you know, like you'd think there would have been more like if, if ever there was a time in society and culture that we needed Rage Against the Machine's protest music. It's now. It is now. I'm like, And it took them this long to get together. It would be cool if they have a new song, but really all of their music will be relevant. Yeah. Um, but the Timeless. one thing I do want to mention is, you know, because there's a lot made of, um, you know, not having diverse enough lineups in this day and age. You know, Lana Del Rey is sitting there right right below Frank Ocean on the on the poster. A little smaller font, second line. I thought it was odd because she's very headliner worthy. I this if if there were I'm any the moment, nominee at the Grammy this Awards. is the moment like people really loved that album. Uh, she she even has a song like with Coachella in the title. I mean, like she like was made to be a Coachella headliner, and if not now, she when? looks like she's always attended Coachella yes, exactly. just by at her all times. Sort of persona <laughs> and her imagery. So I, I'm a little disappointed. Not that the three who are headlining aren't worthy, though. Like I mean, I think that you can obviously make a case for all three of the top liners. It's a lot of politics and it really you know, is like but negotiations. Lana just feels like she would have been a really easy pick to make people happy. Also, would have been nice to have a, a woman. Headlining. Exactly. Though that's my point. No. Like it's very, it's a very testosterone heavy, like you know, lineup. Well, you know, it 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 gets a little bit different when you look at the other festivals that you know we mentioned. You know, yes, there, there's a little bit more sort of ladies up top. Indeed, uh, the Bonnaroo lineup came out on Tuesday morning, the most recent one, and uh, they have some pop names right up top with Lizzo, which I thought was really interesting compared to the other two headliners. Yes, uh, Tool and Tame Impala. That's just like and once I want to see that. I want to see that photo when they get all three of them together. Yeah. And then languishing on that second line again for Bonnaroo, Lana, Lana Del, Del Rey, Rey. again. <laughs> it's like again that also would have been a cool choice for Bonnaroo. Yeah. I don't know, guys. What does Lana Del Rey have to do? Um. Well. Uh. Well. Who else? Who are some of the other pop folks? Yeah. Um. At Bonnaroo, Miley Cyrus. Miley, um, friend of the podcast, Lynn and Stella. Yes, our recent guest, Lynn and Stella, is there. I'm sure she is over the moon about that booking. Uh, the aforementioned Tones and I. Yeah. And, with Dance Monkey. And a, 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 the most curious billing of all. Nelly, specifically performing Country Grammar, which we wondered yes. if, is it the album or the song? He's here to just do one song. I mean, if it's the album, then it's both. It's the album and the song. But um, yeah, it's it's a Bonnaroo is always known for their like quirky it's, lineups. It's a weird kind of like let's go all to the forest together in the, the the rural farmland, right? So there's there's more country acts, mm-hmm. Morgan um, Wallen, more kind of like granola rock acts, a lot of jam bands, a lot of jam bands. It's like so d- yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of jam bands. It's so it's like a it's like if you like Coachella is sort of like this weird like cool 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 cool. Like super a listy, and maybe we'll tuck in one like top forty person who's like cool, a cool top like, forty person. Ariana Grande still cool though. Yeah, exactly. Beyonce super cool. <laughs> Lady Gaga cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. But you know, Bonnaroo has a much more eclectic. 
Um, I could have seen Lizzo on the Coachella lineup too, though. Sure. Um, She's so cool. And maybe maybe they approached her, but maybe they already had their headliners lined up and she was like headliner nothing. Because obviously her team got her up top. Yeah. And Lana Del Rey's team did not. <laughs> um, okay. So let's move on to the Bottle Rock. To the third one here. Lineup, which is not as uh, as high profile as Coachella and Bonnaroo. No. But skews a little bit older to me, in my opinion. It does. Um, and, but they have some top 40 names on their bill, too, um, alongside headliners Red Hot Chili Peppers, Dave Matthews Band, and Stevie Nicks. So that's very rock. Yes. But at least there is a woman headlining. Um, in the form of Stevie Nicks. Indeed. Who has a lot of pop hits. I mean, they all have big pop hits. Yes. But they're all rock artists. Yeah. And so once again, we have Miley on this bill. Again. Um, uh, Khalid, uh, Zed, uh, Maggie Rogers, Marin Morris, obviously a country artist, but, you know, had the middle with Zed. Maybe they'll perform it since they're both on the bill. Uh, Phineas, brother of Billie Eilish. Not exactly like a pop star, but like he's, you know, in the pop realm yeah. now. He's got a number one hit with his sister as a songwriter. And producer. Um, Grace Vanderwall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Village People. That's that's the most, probably the most <laughs> curious. throw that in there. <laughs> the most curious inclusion on the on the uh, Bottle Rock But lineup. it's kind of one of the fun things I was telling Keith, the one and only time I went to Bottle Rock, like I just stumbled on like Los Lobos performing. So it's obviously like they, you know, they pride themselves on eclectic, fun, nostalgic artists. Blondie's playing, too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's a great lineup. So uh, we'll talk lots more about festival season as we get into spring. Of course, Coachella hosts back-to-back weekends in Indio, California, April 10th, uh, starting April 10th and through April 19th. Uh, Bonnaroo is June 11th through the 14th in Manchester, Tennessee. And Bottle Rock hits the Napa Valley on May 22nd through May 24th. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk Oscars. Yeah. Um, the Academy Award nominations will be announced on January 13th. And right now, friends of the pop shop, it's looking like two superstar pop divas and Billboard chart toppers could be eyeing their first Oscar nominations uh, yes, next week. Yes, yes, yes. So Beyonce, who, of course, was at uh, this past Sunday's Golden Globes for the same song, is a contender for best original song as a co-writer of Spirit from The Lion King. While Jennifer Lopez, of course, is vying for a spot in the Best Supporting Actress category for her role in Hustlers, where she was also nominated this past weekend. Both Katie and I have seen Hustlers, and it's amazing. It's so good. And it's all, it's J-Lo. It's the J-Lo show. Granted, she's going to be vying for Supporting Actress. Which is appropriate, because it's it's Constance Wu's story. Yes. And J-Lo is, like, obviously a very overarching force in it, but it's Constance Wu's lead actress. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, um... Now, folks may be wondering, after neither Beyonce or J-Lo won at this past weekend's Golden Globe Awards, should we be worried about their chances for an Oscar nomination? (sighs) I don't want to be worried, but I am a little worried. Um, So Beyonce lost the Globe Original Song Award to Elton John and Bernie Taupin for their song, I'm Gonna Love Me Again, from the fantasy biopic Rocket Man. And J-Lo, meanwhile, lost the Supporting Actress Trophy to Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Listen, I love Laura Dern. (laughs) I haven't seen Marriage Story yet, so I can't speak to the specific role. Immediately dismiss Laura Dern. (laughs) She's won her awards, Keith. (laughs) Like, it's it's J-Lo's turn. Well, we're just looking for a nomination here, for an Oscar nomination. J-Lo got a Golden Globe nomination. She's getting a lot of nominations from lots of other places. It seems like. But it just, it made me nervous that she didn't win the Globes because 
the HFPA who chooses the Golden Globe winners love a celebrity. Yeah. Love. I mean, Brad Pitt won. Brad Pitt obviously was in a great movie that also won Best Picture. So I'm not, uh, you know, taking anything away from that. But, like, they love a celebrity. And J-Lo went to their events and she showed up and she schmoozed and she did their thing. It seemed like it was an easy Globe win and, like, a more challenging Oscar win. And now it's like, is she going to even get the nomination? I okay. really hope so. Here's the way to look. freaking out. Well, no, it's what I asked Katie <laughs> earlier because I forgot. Um, you know, they uh, the Golden Globes separate out the lead actor and actress. And best picture. And best picture categories into um, uh, comedy musical versus drama. Yes. But for the supporting categories, it is just for... The movie. Although it's funny, would, so that's so therefore, would hustlers. What category would you put hustlers in? I actually don't think it was nominated in the other categories, so we don't know. Oh, it wasn't nominated for best film. No, and so a, I think it probably would have had to be in drama, regardless. Oh, well, you know? I'm sure they could have contended. There's a lot of like, humorous elements to it. <laughs> Usher was in it. <laughs> So it's a musical. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. If you haven't seen it by now, it's your um, fault. <laughs> so I, uh, what I was saying was that, like, Lord, like, if maybe there was two separate categories for, and then somehow Hustlers was somehow conceived as a, like, you know, uh, marketed as a comedy, right. maybe J-Lo could have won that if she right. did, wasn't up against Laura Dern. I do think, I think Laura Dern and, Bo- and J-Lo will both be nominated mm-hmm. f- at the Oscars for Supporting Actress. Um. From so, your lips to God's ears. I, I think I, I think <laughs> I'm just moving to me now. I think J Lo has a very 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 good shot of being nominated for an Oscar. Um, it, it 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 I think it would be a way to honor her entire body of work um, as both an incredible um, entertainer, but also an actress who has turned in very fine performances in a number of films that have not gotten Oscar love. Well, what's interesting is that, you know, she started her career so strong. Like, Selena was such a strong start. Out of sight. And that was, Selena was nominated for a Golden Globe, not an Oscar, but. And that um, was her one and only Golden Globe nomination until correct. this year. Correct. And I, honestly, like, I, I feel like even J-Lo would say that that was, well, Out of Sight, honestly, is probably the other award-worthy role that she had. Right. Um, you know, Steven Soderbergh, George Clooney, like, this was awards, you know, caliber stuff. Right. Uh. But, like, Hustlers, it's like it finally, like, captured the essence of J-Lo. Not that she is a stripper, but it showed off her dancing skills. It showed off her charisma because so many roles that she's played have had to kind of hide, you know, the J-Lo of it all to make her be a normal, quote-unquote, person. Right, she's just a girl from the Bronx who's, like, a maid, you know, in a hotel or but something. But she's not because she's Jennifer Lopez. And so to be Ramona, this larger-than-life character in Hustlers, it was, like, finally honored, but, like, what her skills are. But to also see the film and view it not as Jennifer Lopez dancing around and performing, but as Ramona. Yeah. Like, you... She was totally believable like, as, like, you know, a still beautiful but older, like, stripper who might be, like, aging out of the game soon, but, like, still has it. And, like, when she walks in a room, people freak out because she just, like, has a presence. So we agree that we both feel <laughs> she should be nominated for an Oscar. Oh, my Oscar. gosh. Meanwhile, we haven't even gotten to Best Original Song. So let's talk about Beyonce. <laughs> okay. Um, as for Beyonce, I think it's going to happen. I, I think I think Beyonce is going to get her first Academy Award nomination. Um, but that said, I would not be surprised if something weird happens and she gets iced out because mm. 
Though she is on the short list, uh, the Oscars have done something interesting this year with a, a few categories, including song, where they basically do kind of like a sort of internal bake-off, where hmm. they narrow the each, like the, the music branch of the Academy narrows down the possible contenders to 15 finalists. Yeah. And Which they've always done for like documentary, but I like, think... Or like, you know, sound effects. Yeah, but whatever. they haven't always done for best original song. And so now you already know like, okay, one the five nominees will be one of the five of these 15. Mm-hmm. Like Taylor Swift, for example, I stopped Not at the eligible. Top. That's Not why eligible. we haven't brought her up. That's, yep. yeah, sorry. So just in case you're wondering, she was a nominee at the Golden Globes for Beautiful Ghost from Cats, but she wasn't on the short list for the Oscars. So, so we know she's not getting she's it. She's not a... Con- but it is possible where I could see a place where Elton John um, is up... And the Into the Unknown from Frozen is up, and then some left field thing like you know like the um, there's a song from Parasite that's eligible, right? And that's kind of going to the Oscars with a lot of love. Like there could be some weird math that it, but I'm like it's also Beyonce, yeah. And I think it could be also a way to kind of recognize the fact that she didn't get a nomination so many years ago for Listen from Dream Girls mm. because of that songwriting thing where they felt like she didn't contribute enough to the mm-hmm. song and she didn't get the nomination. Yeah. Like, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't think these things really, like, I don't think people are thinking of this when they're voting. Right. Like, it's just it's just a, it's just a bunch of people with, like, you know, like a ballot. Yeah. They're not thinking of things like this like we are. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, I think she's going to get it, but at the same time, I would be surprised she didn't. Okay, I like, I like that we think both of them yeah. are going to do it. I... Cause, because I hope so. <laughs> um, okay, so um, it, we'll quickly uh, go over this one particular statistic that both Katie and I were wondering about this morning. Yeah, we, like with the win for Alton and Bernie um, for I'm Gonna Love Me Again at the Golden Globes, does that mean they are a shoe-in for an Oscar nomination? And as it turns out, our awards editor, Paul Grine, wrote a story about the specific topic. Uh, Paul noted that six of the last ten Globe winners for Best Original Song went on to win the Oscar. That said, I was also wondering, so if you win the Globe for Original Song, does that mean you are a lock for a just, nomination? just an Oscar nomination? Yeah. Well, the last Globe winner for Best Original Song to not get an Oscar nomination was by Madonna. Oh, back, um, what a sad it, discovery, Keith. I know. Um, <laughs> back at the 2012 Golden Globe ceremony when Masterpiece from her film W.E. won the Globe but didn't get an Oscar nom. Actually, it's, it was a weird year. None of the five Globe nominees, I think, um, actually got an Oscar nomination at all. It was a weird year at the Oscars. Mm. They had done some reshuffling of how that category's figured out. Um, there were only... Mm, but I think, didn't Man or Muppet go on to win? Man or Muppet wasn't nominated. Mm. <laughs> Look up Globe. Were like re- Globe two, original song nominated. I thought there were like two songs that were nominated that year. Remember, it was like a really small Oscar yeah, list? Yeah, Rio, Real and Rio, and Man or Muppet. Oh, you're saying it wasn't nominated for a Globe. It wasn't nominated for I a Globe. I was like, didn't it win the Oscar? What I said was, <laughs> there were five nominees for the Golden Globe for Best Original Song okay. that year. None of them were nominated for the Oscar. Got it. I just, I love Flight of the Concord so much that I was like, I'm pretty sure Brett McKenzie went up and accepted an award. No, he, they won. <laughs> Got but it. But it. it was Done. a weird year at the Oscars. <laughs> um, they had changed how they determined the nominees for Best Original Song, and so only two things got enough votes to be nominated. So crazy. That so, is really bonkers. So dumb. Um, anyway, uh, we'll find out all about this on January 13th. And, of course, we'll tell you all about it on the next Pop Shop. Yeah. Um, good luck to Beyonce and JLo. Yeah. And now it's time for the Chart Stat of the Week. Uh, 
speaking of a particular pop diva a moment ago, <laughs> uh, 35 years ago this week, the top of the Hot 100 was touched for the very first time as Madonna's Like a Virgin was in the middle of a six-week run at number one. The song hit the top of the list dated December 22nd, 1984, and continued at the top through the chart dated January 26th, 1985. Uh, it was the first of so far 12 number ones for the Queen of Pop, who most recently hit number one back in the year 2000 with music. Uh, uh, Keeping with the Oscar theme, by the way, um, and we sort of mentioned this, while Madonna has made some incredibly memorable music heard in movies and on their soundtracks, such as Into the Groove from Desperately Seeking Susan, Who's That Girl from the film with the same name, Uh, This Used to Be My Playground from uh, A League of Their Own, I'll Remember from With Honors. Into the Groove was written for Desperately Seeking Susan? No, see, here's the thing. I don't think it was actually written for that film. Did they not have the same rules back then? Uh, Well, I don't know if it was eligible. Okay. Look, we're not going to get into that. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying that she's written she's written a lot of music that has been okay, heard in okay, films. Okay. I'm just like, wait, wait, wait. Um, <laughs> she's had a lot of music that has been in movies. Okay. Has all of it been eligible for an Oscar? <laughs> Let's not get I don't technical. know. <laughs> Some of it certainly has. That said, she's never been nominated for an Oscar. Amazing. I still believe there is hope. Anyway, 35 <laughs> years ago, she was number one with Like a Virgin. Cutting in on Keith's... Wait a second. What about Manor Muppet? <laughs> Get out of here. Maybe I should just read Keith's script. <laughs> um, okay, so we've reached the end of our show. Welcome uh, back. Happy New Year, everyone. Yes. Uh, what song should we go out on? Oh, man. Uh, your, your favorite nominee for Best Original Song. Oh, wow. <laughs> Against about, All um, Odds. Take a look. <laughs> Against All Odds from, from the movie Against All Odds. <laughs> uh, see you guys next week. Bye. And you're coming back to me.